Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Turn. Let's roll. Uh, ooh, six. Uh. The boys are back. <laughs> I'm trying to run up a song. Friday night, they'll be dressed to kill down at Dino's Bar and Grill. The boys are back. <laughs> so I'm so excited that everybody now has gotten to hear the majesty that Anne and I were fortunate enough to be a part of as it happened back in October. Yeah, this one was real Good. hard to sit on with spoilers and not tell other fans what it was. I didn't tell anybody anything. Right. I can attest to that as being not only a co author co-host there we go that's the word a co-host that's the word this, uh, this is a podcast. for this show but also you know a sister and i knew nothing i had no idea what was going to be happening for this so good job girls well and can i say this is the thing specifically that i was just like oh i can't say anything and we'll get to it when we discuss the points of the show but magnus is doing this entire one shirtless and it was <laughs> killing me to not get to talk to my sister about shirtless magnus burnside for two I months i even have it in my notes shirtless scarred magnus a oh, yes please like yes please <laughs> it's highlighted and starred you know that i've already drawn shirtless magnus and i couldn't even share him i was just like i got to keep him <laughs> There was, there was no here. other explanation for why he might have been shirtless. You couldn't have posted that without saying why. <laughs> well, I mean, I could have. And I think if you post a picture of shirtless Magnus, you know, nobody's really going to question it. They're just going to be like, oh, you know, great. But <laughs> he was wearing, like, the fancy pants and he had <laughs> suspenders. And, you know, people might ask, well, why is he wearing fancy pants? And that is how do you know he has a tattoo of a Loch Ness monster? And I would have okay. to say I can't tell you that. So that's why I had, I just thought it would be better to just sit on it. Can I ask, did mm-hmm. you also happen to draw the um, duo of Magnus and Merle sharing a tuxedo? <laughs> Not yet. Because I loved that. As we were listening through, um, which I think, let's just say here at the top of the hour, I think this episode's just going to be a, like a random discussion. Like we could go through beat by beat through the episode, but... You know, we don't have anything to explain to anybody. I think if you're listening to this one, you already love the 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 Trace Horny Boys. You're already... So this is just kind of fans getting together and getting to talk about this really great episode that we all just got to share in together. Well, and I will say, yeah, as much as I love commitment, and I, I, I'll say it again, I'll say it a hundred times, Clint killed it. He did a great job. Yeah. The boys created amazing characters, and I loved it, and I would love if they continued with it. But having listened to this, it did feel like coming home a little bit. Like, exactly. oh, here's my old friends. Here's me going back from whence I came. And I know where I belong here. And this is just, it's wonderful. Yeah. You're returning to your hangout space. Like, you're returning to something comfortable. And and it was especially palpable being there in person. when Because I think also it was the fact that this was the first live show since the end of Balance. Yeah, since the finale. So I think that that was definitely part of it, because at this point, we were into commitment, and getting to go to this live show was like going and visiting your friends again. And it was it was so great, because you felt it in the crowd, and you felt it from them. Yeah. Like, they mm-hmm. were excited to be Merle and Magnus and Taco and Loop again. Like, they were... You could really, really feel it, and it it felt amazing in the moment. And even re-listening to it, 
it's a return to what we love and what the entire reason we're here in the first place. It's so. like yeah, it's like a snuggly, warm audio robe, like your favorite yeah. robe that you, that you yeah. lounge around the house in. Because you know, like you get a new pair of pants or something, and you kind of have to break them in <laughs> for a while before they feel super yeah. comfortable. And like you know, I, I think that's sort of how it's been with um, with commitment a little bit because there just hasn't been enough time to kind of break it in and, and get get all comfy in there. Yeah, like they yeah. look great, and you know that they fit great, but it's still a new outfit it's still something you're getting used to yeah your butt looks great in it (laughs) you want to wear it in a little bit more whereas Mm -hmm. these boys classic it's your favorite outfit you know you look great it's so comfy and this was like the number one question that everybody had after the end of balance the weirdly like there's all this serious plot stuff that maybe somebody could have asked about or backstory or some kind of character arc conclusion (laughs) that we didn't get necessarily and this was the one thing that was on everybody's mind was screaming at griffin and saying but what about the 15 (laughs) dollars is luke going to get her money back and even like leading up to the live show like as soon as we got the tickets for the live show as soon as we knew that live shows were going to be happening I was like, I hope, I hope this is when we get to throw down with Greg fucking yeah. Grimaldis. And I told everybody who would listen, I hope that this is, I hope we get to go <laughs> yeah, get we, Loops we money talked back. about it. We talked about it the night before. And I think I yeah, may have, we were like in the room. Yeah. And we were trying to pitch like what kind of storyline they might do for the future live right. shows. I think I actually pitched a casino heist, weirdly enough. I'm pretty sure it came up. I think it did. Because it was, I remember sitting there, like, as soon as uh, you listen to the opening of the show and you realize that this is the story that we're following, we are getting this money back, at least we're going to try, <laughs> and that it's revealed that we're in a casino. You and I, I remember having this moment of, like, turning to each other being like, we did it. <laughs> like, congratulations, team. We called it. We did it. So I think that both of those things had come up just the night before. All right, well, then I'm going to go ahead and put it out there that mm. into the universe that I want a live show where they go to Fantasy Aspen to hang out with Clark and his family. <laughs> yes. Because they brought that up. Amen. And I'm waiting yes. for it. So, universe, <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely wasn't just us. Like, that audience lost their goddamn oh. minds when they realized it was, oh, it was yeah. an episode with Loop in it. I mean, it was just the sound. I mean, you can tell in the recording, but the, the sound of it in the room was pretty extraordinary. Just this wave of realization and shock. And it was not like, you know, oh, I'm at a live show. I better cheer really no. loud for the thing I like. It was this organic, like, holy like, shit she's <laughs> reaction. Right. Yeah. We're getting live Loop. Like, this beautiful theater full of people. We're losing their minds for this one character. Because, of course, like, yeah, we're all excited about the boys. But the the reaction to Loop was bigger than all the dudes. Like, it really was. Everybody was so excited that she was there. And it means a lot mm-hmm. to me. I think that that's really special. Yeah, and it's super cool. I mean, I think the fact that she's in it, that she's effectively an NPC. I mm-hmm. mean, honestly, Griffin. Oh, for sure. I mean, Griffin Griffin really gets her. And, and she is she is also a fully realized character, just like Taco, just like the other guys. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but she... You know, I, I think that might not have happened with a lot of other people um, GMing. And she's really interesting as, um, you know, the, the game master, the DM in this case, having a way to participate in the story. Yeah. Like as a character and not just, you know, not just to move the story along right. in some kind of really functional way, but to actually have a personality and interact with the other characters and have her own agency. Um, it's really cool. It's really unusual. It, right. That's a big part of it, too, is just that it gives 
Griffin a chance to he he's of course he's still running the story but at the same time he's now in the action with his brothers and his dad and it's it's sweet in that sense too I like it a lot so it was she's very important for a myriad of reasons and we were all thrilled that she was there so <laughs> Anne and I were situated only a, we three rows back second second row we were second row very close what? and we were on yeah it was second row we did some sweet seat swapping all totally like it was fair don't worry like it was essentially us like we had good tickets and then we yeah i I found someone and could swap ours with other people it was yeah yeah we we had um we had seats further back that were still decent Mm -hmm. and i found somebody on the facebook group who was like hey i'm in second row and my friends bailed on me and i don't want to sit alone and yeah. I said, well, oh. can, can I come sit with, can we come sit with you and we'll just sell our other tickets? So we sold our tickets mm-hmm. to uh, somebody who was in the balcony before. Yeah. So they got better seats. She got company. Mm-hmm. We were almost in Griffin's lap. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it was so close. We made friends with the girl who sold us the tickets. We made friends with the girl sitting next to me. So yeah, we were two rows back and we were on Griffin's side of the stage. And I mean, of course, you can hear it in the episode. Their microphones not only pick up them, they're picking up the crowd and it would stand to reason that the closer to the stage and to their mics that you are, the more likely it is that you are going to get picked up and maybe even be discernible within the crowd. Apparently, Anne picks out woos very well. It's a, it's a useless skill, but a real <laughs> skill. <laughs> but there were moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's us. I'm, I, I'm fairly certain I can hear us specifically at different times. I do know after the show... I remember saying to you, Anne, I was like, as soon <laughs> this is my only regret that I wasn't louder about it. I was like, as soon as Magnus tore off his shirt, I should have just screamed. Like, not a woo, just like, <laughs> just shrieked. Shrieked. Like a boy band shriek. I think I think you were in shock. I think it we was, were all like. <laughs> it did. It took a moment to be like, did we he? We were all like, wait, up? did he just, what? Sure <laughs> did he did. just do that? <laughs> a blessing onto all of our houses. <laughs> I just had to edit out a palpable pause in our recording where I think we all just zoned out for a moment, picturing shirtless Magnus. But anyway. Well, Nell, here's a very quick story for you. Mm-hmm. So at PodCon, um, Anne and I were talking about Magnus, as per usual, and Of course. <laughs> about our dear friend, who you think should cosplay Magnus, but I am... I do. Kind of staunchly against it. And a part of it is, I don't think he has the broad enough build for him. Well, if you're going to get nitpicky And then Anne pointed it. out, probably the truest thing is, I have a huge-ass crush on Magnus, mm. and no <laughs> such crush on, on our dear friend. That was going to be my actual guess, too, is that, like, which I get, you're a little, it's a little, it's like a protectiveness, and you're like, hold on, <laughs> is he worthy that's it. Like, exactly. it's, it's not even that so much does it. he look like him. It's, is he worthy of cosplaying <laughs> Magnus? And the answer is, mm, <laughs> I don't have an answer for that, to be real. Right. I just want to cosplay Taco with somebody cosplaying Magnus who I know can throw me up into the air like a pizza. Like, that was my big <laughs> um, draw to, like, get him, to rope him into it. This is, this is important to me also. We'll find mm-hmm. somebody. We can audition some bodybuilders or something. Right. If somebody is listening and you <laughs> think you can toss me into the air like a pizza, get at me over at Romancing Zone. 
So uh, they did make, uh, there's at one point where they, they do turn the house lights on, which I think, was that right at the beginning? Yeah. Um, to, to see the cosplayers. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, like, because I, I was just at a different live show, which had a lot of great cosplayers as well, but Nashville was, like, through the roof. The, oh the n- sheer number of cosplayers and how, how all out they went was pretty extraordinary. There was a guy behind, right behind us who was yeah. dressed as Pan. He was amazing. Who was, who was super nice and, like, really cool cosplayer. Um, so, I mean, it was exactly, I mean, you can't tell cause they're just like, oh, it's impressive. You can't see these people, but it was very impressive and very cool. Exactly. And it was awesome that, uh, Colin, uh, the, the creator <laughs> yeah. of the flaming, raging, poisoning sort of doom was there. And, and this is another, I wondered about a lot of stuff like, how is this going to play an audio if you guys can't see it? They, right. um, so when they, they called out Colin and a, and a bunch of people knew he was in the balcony and then we saw other people who were turning to look in the balcony. So we all started pointing Everybody's up there pointing up the and it was, balcony. it was dark at that point The the house yeah. lights were off. And what happened was I look up and he was like directly behind us, but <laughs> yeah. above us and his dad mm-hmm. picked him up and was holding him above his head, kind of over the edge of the railing. It looked a little terrifying. All of the people around him had grabbed their cell phones and turned on their cell phone flashlight to try to like shine an improvised spotlight <laughs> on this adorable. child. That's adorable. It was the sweetest thing. It is one of those things where you're just touching. kind of like, what do we do? What do we, we have to draw the attention here. Cause yeah, cause of course the boys up on stage are saying, well, Colin's here. Oh, and yeah. they're stating what they know. He's dressed like Angus. And, and so then, right. You can kind of hear it distantly on their microphones and the, the crowd knows what the boys are trying to say, which is essentially like, <laughs> he's over here. Look over here. But I mean, that was, that's just like a really cool, like this fandom seems so supportive of each other like they didn't Very get much. jealous about the idea of somebody no. being singled out they were just like yes please was single like, him yeah, out please praise here. this small child this guy yeah. brought us taco's sword um which i do i was so glad that <laughs> justin pointed that out like mm, <laughs> it's mine you can keep using it but just so everybody remembers that belongs to taco thank you it is fun how much in sync you feel with the mm-hmm. boys because i <laughs> The same, like it was seconds after I was like, actually, and then yeah, tacos. I'm like, ah, you and me, you and me. Yeah, I'm hoping they put a tacos library, like, please return to sticker on the prop now. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Mm-hmm. Property of taco, don't forget, but you may use it. Speaking of this, neither nobody was speaking of this, but speaking of cute Taco Magnus interactions, <laughs> I noticed this when we were at this live show. Magnus has a tendency, he's only done it twice, I think, but it's two times is enough, where when Taco gets hit, Taco will get attacked, Magnus will try to protect him, and the attack will hit anyway, because even with disadvantage, <laughs> Taco doesn't have a very high AC. And Magnus's response is to say... We got to get you better pants, Taco. And this time was better hat. Well, this time was better hat. But the one before yeah. is we got to get you better pants, Taco. Is back in uh, Wonderland, I think. Is oh what right, right. Before, so it just it was funny to me to hear him say he needed to get him a better hat this time because I'm like, oh, apparently Magnus's <laughs> response to well, I couldn't save you. I'll 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 get you a better <laughs> outfit after this. He's just gonna wrap him in like pillows or something <laughs> right. to keep Taco. Him safe. Put no. on this coat. Say, get you a man <laughs> who can do both. Right, <laughs> try well, to save you, and then if he can't save you, he will. And then take you, you shopping. Don't you worry, and <laughs> take you shopping. Yeah, I want that man. <laughs> if you're listening to this, just kidding. <laughs> if your name is Magnus Burnside, if your name is Magnus Burnside, and you can throw me in there like a pizza, and you can take me shopping, <laughs> romancing zone, over at Twitter. 
Um, can we talk about the characters a little bit? Our, our brand yes. new character, Terry or Pateri. I'm not sure which <laughs> one they uh, decided to land on. But when he was brought up, and I don't recall if they said curly hair or just red hair. I think it was red and curly. Curly. I think it was red curly yeah. hair. Okay. Yeah. Pushing away the curls because I didn't focus on that. With the voice... Did anybody else think of the squeaky voice teen from The Simpsons? Of course. Because that's who I imagined <laughs> the entire time. So I couldn't I couldn't put in the curly, but like I'm pretty sure his hair's red. He's got the zip yeah. and he just had that voice. Yeah. So I was like, great. Well, There's it's my visual. very much that exact voice, yeah. Very much the teen on The Simpsons. Yeah, we were so close to the speaker that um when uh, Travis makes a joke about bringing the voice down an octave my God, it was like, it was really intense. I mean, it was hilarious. And I love Griffin doing that voice. But wow, it was really, really loud. If you were right in front of the speaker, it's just like getting right in your brain. Yeah, it's not a voice that bodes well for uh, being magnified. Yeah. And it's as soon as Pateri showed up, even with their roles. And of course, when I was listening to back, I'm like, oh, I hear what Griffin's doing. I hear it now. But even in the moment, I was like, I don't trust this guy. Neither should you guys. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that Neither Tacos did, Justin. did. Right. It was like, yeah. right. Tacos on it being like, how do I, uh, you know, how do I check this out? And then, of course, when Magnus does it, it, it is honest. He wants to get you in that vault. And I'm like, oh, there it is. That's how they get away with mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I did like that. Well, not only, like, I do remember being like, no, I still don't trust this guy. But it's funny to me because this is the exact same thing that happens with Brody. Magnus immediately just trusts these idiots who, like, uh-huh. show up to, like, <laughs> to, to foil their plans. Some some dude shows up and Magnus is like, nah, he's cool. It's like, will you take a second, <laughs> maybe take a beat, my boy, and just think about this. Hey, Magnus rushes in, even to relationships with people, apparently. (laughs) Rushes into friendship, (laughs) rushes into fights. I did love Barry's tiny, tiny cameo, but it made me just so happy and big old smiles. I feel like that might have been a moment when I was listening to it. I was driving at this point, so I couldn't focus on it. But I feel like in that moment, I could hear that was one of those like, oh, I think I hear Anne and myself. Uh, in response to yes. Travis being like, I just want to imagine Barry's here. Cause it, and it fits so perfectly. I would also figure, yeah, Barry's going to come and see, can I bring you guys anything? Like, he's not going to be part uh-huh. of the heist. But, you know, uh-huh. these are his, this is his family. He's going to check oh. on him. He's just a sweet, good boy. Get out of here, Barry. Those, <laughs> those little moments totally make it for me. Because you can picture it, and it's fun, and... It's those little moments that make up the bigger picture and why it's all so endearing. Yeah, and I, I really liked the um, the use of flashbacks as a concept yeah. in this episode, which was... I mean, mm-hmm. there, obviously there were there were flashbacks technically in the, in the balance arc to begin with, but the Certainly. idea of trying to do these, these structural flashbacks right. in the context of a live show... <laughs> kind of blew my mind. I didn't think about it at the time, but when I was thinking about it afterward, I was like, this is really cool, especially the scene that, that followed. I mean, so Travis comes up with this little interjection that, that kind of fleshes out um, our, our image, our mental image of this. So it's not just serving a functional purpose for the story about like, how did they plan this heist and what details do we have to hash out to move forward? But um, he actually, Griffin like live does a crazy editing juxtaposition technique because in the flashback loop is saying i'm we're not going to steal anything else and then they cut oh to the God. present and she's i'm going to steal everything in here mm-hmm. like that is such 
genius, like comedy genius that you would normally think of as, I mean, that's an editing trick that that you would, I mean, that's usually like a visual kind of thing. Like that's a movie thing. How are you doing this in a podcast? You're blowing my mind right now. He, yeah, it was so brilliant of him to have this all planned out, like knowing he was going to flash back and forth, Ocean's Eleven style. We see them plotting it out and then we see it happening in real time. And that moment is so good. And it's very, yeah, very clear. You can see it very clearly. Um, I have a question. Yeah. So, again, just like I would talk about with Clint and his world building, I want to see the notes. I want to see what all (laughs) he is referencing to get himself through this. And his dialogue for Loop seems so... It seems so natural, but at the same time, very much like this is what she has to say. So you guys sitting very close to him, was he reading from a script? We couldn't see super well because he does have a... um, He has the damn screen. What do they call the... Yeah, the screen, um, the shield kind of thing in front of... I mean, he was looking down some. He was mostly looking at them. Yeah, so whatever. (laughs) He was mostly mostly looking at them. Um, Yeah, it's mostly him engaging. Yeah, I mean, he definitely... Directly with the boys. He definitely has notes, Mm -hmm. but... um, I mean, I, I, I think, obviously, in this, in this live show, he was having to play things at least a little bit loose because they kept getting distracted. Kept- <laughs> um, and then he missed... I am a little disappointed that, they, that we did not actually... I'm glad that he brought it up about the gold shark that was supposedly mm-hmm. part of this trap that we didn't get to see. Because um, I really like that as a visual. I think that was a super cool idea. And I'm glad yeah. that it didn't just completely fall by the wayside. At least he got to be like, by the way, you missed this bit. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... Uh, he must He must have a lot more than we see. I, now that I think of it, I feel like I do have a visual, and I might be making this up completely, um, but I feel like in my mind, I have a memory <laughs> of Griffin with the mic in front of him, but like eyes downward reading, like as he's doing Loop's voice. So I feel like there is a script, but it's loose enough. Yeah. So for for parts that like matter, mm-hmm. for things like okay, here's the hallway that leads to yeah. that's all written right. down, for sure. I believe. But then things like uh, playing off the other boys, or maybe even maybe the turkey boy thing <laughs> was uh, <laughs> like things like that. I I do not I do not know. I do not have a very clear memory of that. But yes, there are certainly instances that are. Very much scripted. Yeah, I, I mean, the descriptions are definitely scripted. I think most of the dialogue is probably improv, just based on my vague memory of when he was looking at his family versus when he was looking down. I think that, uh, you know, stats and just room descriptions and that kind of plotting stuff is probably notes and dialogue, maybe not. Although this would be an interesting question to ask a, the, the Adventure Zone Zone um, that I don't think has been asked about how he structures dialogue when he's making notes well i'm putting this out into the universe uh one day when we are friends with them we can have (laughs) griff on the show and just ask him directly (laughs) um you know what wasn't scripted (laughs) and that i love so much is i actually made this mental note to myself i i've been listening to sawbones a whole bunch lately Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. i'm like this is what because my jam now it's just great (laughs) it's a great choice great choice sydney just cracks me up And she's such a saint, which kind of brings me to this point, which is if you listen to any of the McElroy shows, you'll pick up on how often the boys will just start singing. (laughs) And so I just had that thought last night as I was listening to Sawbones and Justin was once again singing and then listening to this episode again, 
when Travis starts singing the Powerline <laughs> song from the Goofy movie, I was like, oh, right. I forgot that this majestic moment happened in front of my face in Nashville. So I just wanted to quickly draw attention to that and how much I love it. How? Okay. How old is that movie? Someone Google oh, that real quick. God, I don't want to know. Because <laughs> it has become relevant to my life lately. Like four times in the last two weeks, it's been brought up. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? Why? I love it. Like, I'm never upset. But I'm like, why now? Why this movie? It is funny. But I'm always very happy. Sure. And I feel like somehow that is one of those. There are just some of those movies where, like, everybody in that generation that saw it just agreed, like... No, that one like that stand one out. I will still it. listen to that song. Oh, every it's a day jam. if I have to, which I'd be happy to. Which is why we all still know the words. I busted it out at my last, <laughs> yeah, at my last D and D campaign. We there busted out uh, stand out because he had to because somebody was wearing a Powerline shirt. Mm. That's what it was. I was like, hold on, I've got <laughs> mm-hmm. our music. But yeah, so as soon as Trav starts singing it, you just immediately in your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, I know the words. I'll sing with you. And Griffin was was definitely visibly suffering at oh, that point. Oh, he was just <laughs> watch, watching the any of the live shows, which now we've been very blessed to see a number of them. Poor Griffin. <laughs> I feel like just collapses in on himself at least a little bit. Every single... It, in My Brother, My Brother and Me, in The Adventure Zone, he yeah. just is going to have a moment where he's like, what am I doing? Like, what brought me here? Yeah, there's the, there's the lean back over mm-hmm. the chair gesture With the hands defeat, on and top the, of his head. Yeah, and then the head down on the table. Head down on the table, version. face in the hands. Yeah. <laughs> Glasses off. That's when you know you're like, oh boy. <laughs> Griff. <laughs> I did feel kind of bad for him, but also that was funny, uh, so it's, I'm very conflicted. Yeah. Like, you have to... You feel for him, but at the same time, I'm good. It's still funny. I'm still amused. And then they they start like endlessly riffing on on the list of uh, on the list of gems and making him go oh through my it god. like five times. That, oh and my god! Continuing all, I mean, all three of them at that because usually you know one of them will kind of get on a tangent. Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the vaults and all of our callbacks, so I, I think we've talked about this, but we mirror the boys' ages perfectly. I think mm-hmm. right. Pretty close. Justin like matched them in age. Uh, Justin's like a year older than Justin's, our oldest Justin's sister 37. and our oldest co-host. Co-host. <laughs> wait, now wait. Which one of us is the old? Oh, now I don't even know which one of us is the oldest. It's, it's you because you're you, you're is it yeah you're, yeah you're younger I'm than Justin. Justin. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. Justin and I yeah. can, can bond over our existential dread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Okay. So in regards to that, whenever they make references, we get them mm-hmm. because we grew up in the same era yeah. and pretty much probably the same kind of like socioeconomic class. Yeah. And so when they go into the vault, the first thing I think of is the Cave of Wonders. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I can see. Mm-hmm. It's That's what's playing in my head. I see the giant monkey. And then when they talk about like, don't touch anything or, oh, oh, taco notices the traps yeah, trap yeah. magic mm-hmm. and magnus is about to oh and he like does it up here and i was like oh my god like again you, the, the sinkedness of it Which it is abu but i'll give okay, everybody fair i was just talking about the simpsons you're, yeah I, I can only think of one thing. <laughs> yeah, cold, you're good guys, you're good I'm cold he said okay. the same thing yeah Maybe I met a poo, and I was really hoping to have a neat crossover right there. You and Travis um, are on your total own wavelength, where you both meant 
the cashier on The Simpsons <laughs> in the Cave of Wonders. That's exactly what happened. But that I just and I couldn't get away from it then. After even after he starts describing it, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever you're saying, and Cave of Wonders. So, <laughs> but I did like the idea of a golden shark swimming around like Scrooge McDuck mm-hmm. from Ducktales, naturally. <laughs> Which we've of all course. heard the boys do their perfect uh, Donald Duck impressions. They're Spot oh, on, great Donald Duck. I don't impression. think I've heard this. Sure. Oh, was, I have it something. It's not all like like opening the gates of hell. Okay. <laughs> it was yeah. I can't it's wait on the episode. Okay. I'm gonna send you. Somebody did a really great animatic, and if I remember, I'll put a link yes. to it on our show notes as well. So if anybody wants to see that, or I'll tweet it or something. It's hysterical. Okay, so the Cave of Wonders is the first part. And then they go down to, like, the secondary vault, which is the where all the paper money is. All the $15 bills are. The real vault. The real vault. <laughs> and this is where the fight happens. And I want, I want to call it briefly that I have this... When he says that Loop, like, slides down the pile of money, I was absolutely picturing her, like, surfing down this, <laughs> this mountain of money, nice. uh, which was an image I was very happy yeah. with. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, and that's where you had asked earlier if I had drawn them in their shared tuxedo, which, no, I haven't. But it was one of those where I'm like, I have to draw everybody in their finery because this is this is totally my jam. Like, you took mm-hmm. my favorite characters and you put them in a space where they have to be glitzy and glamorous. Thank you. For sure. This is exactly <laughs> what I needed. And or shirtless. <laughs> glamorous and shirtless. The best combination that there is. <laughs> Even when he first said sleeveless tuxedo, I was just like, yep, this is, that's exactly what I would have <laughs> expected. <laughs> and it definitely was it had sleeves to begin with he put it on just went nope Tore ripped them both off, off and, and then Merle's like great <laughs> this is what's gonna give that no, I don't have to last pow to my suit down. yeah oh my god That's I so don't funny. think they're getting the rental deposit back on that tux <laughs> oh. for sure or yeah just fold that one up and put it on the bottom and so they hopefully they don't notice <laughs> But so then we did get the fight which this is where I'm always so happy for other artists who are also um bringing life to these things as they get described because I had this problem with Noelle too where it was kind of hard for me to picture her um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. outside of very basic shaping and whatnot so like I have an idea of how I imagine the um the slot machine version of Greg fucking Grimaldus but Uh the slot mech mech, yeah but I would and so this is now something that I can go and like look for and see if somebody has drawn a version of it because I have an idea, but it's not very good. (laughs) I would like to see what a more competent artist could come up with when it comes to, like, (laughs) designing actual mechs and um, things that aren't just like, oh, people in pretty outfits, which is basically my wheelhouse. (laughs) So there were two monsters, right? There was the Greg Grimaldus slot mech. Yeah. And then... The yeah. money became yeah. and the, and a monster, the money monster, as Griffin yes. is so wont to do, with, here's our mm-hmm. scenery, and now it's a living, active <laughs> being. You're like, fantastic. And now you have to fight it. So there were the yeah, two, I, yeah. That, that's one of the times I'm pretty sure I could hear us laughing distinctively, because I'm pretty sure we laughed, or I certainly laughed at Money Monster before <laughs> other people quite got it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to definitely go back, because that was when I was still in the car. And I, I love the, I love uh that it hits uh, Taco and it's it's 21 points of money damage. Oh, I'm just extremely damage. entertained by the idea of getting the crap eaten out of you by this giant money fist. I kind of feel that way sometimes. <laughs> well, and that's something I was going to say. That's something I want to become a part of life. Like, ooh, I have to buy this. Oh, that's going to be a lot of money damage. And then I love it. Sing and you adopt that. <laughs> yes, for sure. That's we're definitely adopting that into our vernacular now. 
<laughs> well, and then when I remember this moment distinctly, just because you can hear the entire crowd reacting to it, and it's the perfect like wave of people like picking up on the on what just happened when Magnus gets hit for seventy seven. And then he <laughs> minuses eight from it. As people process the math. Yes. Because I do remember, like, immediately, not only do I remember cheering about it, I, like, threw my arms in the air and just screamed, nice. Like, that was my reaction yeah. to him saying, minus eight. And then, yes, you get the slow reaction of the entire place shouting about 69. <laughs> I'm such a Clint McElroy and so bad at math that I was like, why is everyone so excited about this? I this is not- why you are the Merle. Oh, my God. It's so, I love it. It works out so perfectly. There was, there was a lot so of frantic good. whispering to explain this concept. Yeah. <laughs> For all of us who are bad at math and or don't understand the number reference. But yeah, it took me two listens. Because at first, admittedly, the first time I'm always like, making lunch sure? or doing this thing or doing something and then I'm like okay sit down and write your notes now I see I see yeah so yeah that happened I was like something exciting happened but I don't understand what it was and so I, to listen, I was like oh it's a math it's joke it's a sex nerds. joke and a and math I, joke I, I know sex, it. I mean, it's, it's a, a sex it's math both. joke so you have to be a sexy nerd mm-hmm. to get it and those <laughs> exactly. are hard to come that, by. Well, I gotta tell you that theater was full of sexy nerds. <laughs> Fair enough. Apparently, yeah. This is a fandom quite full of them, and the rest of us are merles, and we don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, why is ah? Uh... <laughs> and Justin was not wrong that we had been overserved at dinner and during intermission. <laughs> that was a fairly uh, that was a lively audience who had some quality drinks. Yes. Yes, yes. I feel like my dinner that night had even just been some shots of the vodka I'd brought to the room. That is literally, yes. You did like three shots before we walked in. My over. dinner was three shots of lemonberry vodka. Nell walks in and I'll just drink my dinner. Thank you. <laughs> like, we don't have time. Just give me this. It's all the sustenance I need. Plus, you know, you're having fun with all the other fans. We had had the puppets. Yes, yes. Of course. Everybody was so hype. It was, man, what a great just environment to be in. Well, and then, of course, you know, during the fight, everybody's hype, and then we get sex amount of damage and money damage. (laughs) And then to just really drive home how sexy this all is, Loop and Taco get to do a team attack. Back-to-back fireball, yeah. (laughs) Right, Jesse and Jamesing it up. I would love to see that animated. I mean, I was seeing it animated in my head. Like, I was going, like, full-on anime, like, tracking shot kind of thing. Yes, 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 yes. It's something beautiful. It's... That's the moment that's going to be in everybody's AMVs when they're when they're <laughs> choosing their different songs for this one. I can't even wait until like it's going to get picked up, right? As an animated series, I, I hope so. I mean, I think it would be a good fit. Like, for, like, I just Netflix. I can't see it not happening at this point. It's one of those things where like I feel like it's going to be entirely up to them. Yeah, because like to take a step aside really quickly, it kind of makes me think of, for instance, uh, the really fantastic video game Undertale, and how beautiful mm-hmm. that is, and how big that fandom is, and how much could have been done with it. And Toby Fox, the creator specifically, did not want uh, merchandising and all of these huge. Mm-hmm things to come of it like he specifically wanted to keep it a little a little low-key and a little you know under control which I really respect and I really appreciated Mm -hmm. kind of how he handled it so I think when it comes to something like is this gonna eventually get animated possibly well you 
you haven't seen the animated trailer, which uh, was done by, I believe her name is Megan Lloyd. I met her. She was very nice, uh, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure I have her name right, um, but it will it will be online when it's done. We got to see the um, the work in progress cut that oh, was yeah? partially animatics at, at PodCon, and the audience went insane for it because it's super, super cool. Um, so, I mean, in terms of could this work as an animated show? Absolutely. But it is very slow and expensive, and as an animation school dropout, right. I can attest to that. Um, it's a lot of work. And that's what I don't doubt at all, that it would be an astounding and beautiful animated show. And I know it's something that the boys would have maintained control over, mm-hmm. like Clint doing the, mm-hmm. the graphic novel. Which So all of that does put me at ease. There's just always that little part of me that's like... When you talk about translating a story from one form to another, you there's always that wonder. You know, the, the first yeah. form was so good and it did it so perfectly. For me, there's always that... It's a little bit daunting to wonder how well it's going to translate mm-hmm. into another form. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and some part of me is just always mm-hmm. going to be a little nervous until you see that, oh, I had nothing to worry about. It's perfect and beautiful. And now everybody can enjoy this. Right. Um, I mean, it would be really exciting to see stuff animated, but obviously we're all able to get these really good mental pictures of, you know, these this yeah. crew fighting this money monster in this room which is on fire (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh you know and and a slot machine doing a rocket punch at magnus um oh my god and him trying to trying to block it um i mean it's it's a it's such a great like scene um for this final battle it's super super dramatic yeah Mm. they're all very good at describing what it is that they're doing yeah yeah, even down to the money monster right. being, you know, Merle's casting mass word. I don't know why he always Clint is always casting the mass he version does, of, like, the of healing word ones. for no yeah. reason. It's like you can does he know one. that there are smaller ones? Like I, I wonder. Know. And like <laughs> one like, of the boys tells I'm a cleric. Him. I must heal everyone. We're like only I one think, person's hurt. It's like everyone. I think they came down so hard on him about not remembering to heal that he's like, no, if you have a paper cut, I am going to fix it. Fair. Um, it could uh-huh. be that. But I, I love the I love the money monster being upset like. Uh, Oh, to, like, heal me too, please. Yeah, and Griffin was making a oh, very no. funny face, a very funny, sad, oh, yeah. face. With, like, looking at his father, <laughs> yes. So, in, okay, in our visual, in our visual brain, in our mind's eye, mm-hmm. we have a giant monster made out of $15 bills, yeah. which I love that. Perfect. And we also have a, a Greg Grimaldus mech. Is he inside the mech? He's, yes. Or yes. is he the mech? No, he's, in, he's, he's inside, inside of it. Okay, so he is, he's Voltroning it up in here. I think it's like when Lucas is in Ups a Year Lifting, friend. Mm-hmm. A lot of that going on. Okay. Now that they've brought him up and he's dark-haired and blue-eyed, which, yes, please, <laughs> I, want, I want more background. I want to know what, what happened between Greg Grimaldus and the twins that he has to call them out, steal their money. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I feel like there's so much more there. The way that Griff presents it and kind of the context clues we've been given, it's like, oh, no, he mm-hmm. and he's already plotted out that this specific thing happened between Greg and Loop. And like, obviously, Taco would have been there, too, just by virtue of Loop being a part of this. So I'm with you. Yeah, I, I kind of had this idea that um, that maybe they were all at school together since she was Loop was talking mm. about how it was before 
she was she switched magic schools that maybe um you know she was tinkering with different stuff she could do and he was like there i like the idea of the the jealous uh classmate who's not quite as good as they are who's jealous of these twins who are so naturally naturally good at magic and stealing Mm -hmm, stealing her mm -hmm. invention i do love a good jealousy fic yeah especially because you know in the context of this casino it's so self-aggrandizing this is somebody yes i think it's like kind of overcompensating yeah exactly like classic low self-esteem like trying to make up for it by you know going way over the top with this giant statue of himself Mm -hmm. We're we're con- we're composing our own fanfic over here <laughs> of what we think is happening. I love it. I think that all tracks too. So yeah, hopefully we'll get more. Even the end of this one, it's a cliffhanger. We have to go back right at some What's point. What's a Kaiser so say? <laughs> totally like you bring up the guy that no one's gonna pay attention to, the squeaky voice teen, and then he walks away. And he pulls. It, it's exactly it. What is that? The usual usual suspects. Yeah. And he walks away, and I'm assuming like he had a limp, and he doesn't have a limp anymore. And he's oh, and there's my money. <laughs> well, even and yeah, because he was like suddenly in the tuxedo. Like he was, right? yeah, yeah. Do, so. Griffin, Griffin, if you're listening, <laughs> did you just watch these Griffin, usual, usual suspects? Because <laughs> he okay. Well, we jump back back in our life. When he would do, when he did Pedals to the Metal, he totally attributes that to Fast Five. Oh yeah. Um, so this could I'm sure there's other be... references. But that's that's my supposition, I think. I think that's what happened. So maybe that's a thing that, again, when we have them on the show, we can be like, question, were these the movies? We're going to try to guess the movie that you were inspired <laughs> I think by, it, I that think you it, were watching. It might have been the magic. What's the magic heist one? Um, that, oh, man. They made a sequel, oh, too. Can you, Now You See Me? Or now You See what? Me. Yeah, I was wondering if it might have been Now You See Me. And they didn't have the sequel name Now You Don't. And how dare they? I, yeah, that, that is It's true. Now You See Me, like, too, which is totally yes. bogus. Yeah, that's not even a I was, thing. I was deeply disappointed. <laughs> this is our new fan cast. <laughs> what it should have been called. <laughs> In which we rename classic, classic movies. The classic movie. Now you see me. Classic movies. <laughs> that classic. That well, that's classic. What the hell is the name of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully not too far in the future we'll get... Uh, the now you don't ending to this botched <laughs> mm-hmm. heist that we have going on. <laughs> well, and so here's kind of how we can wrap this up. I will just say this because getting to see it live and we, we touched on this earlier where it is like returning to your friends or your family, people you love and care about and you're so excited to see. And the time you get to spend together is this precious thing that you are enjoying so much in the moment that we tend to forget entirely that mm-hmm. in a couple days, or in the case of the show, in an hour, we're going to have to say goodbye again. And it doesn't dawn on you until it's suddenly the reality of the situation. And it's it's a heartbreaking realization. Even when you know you're going to see these people again, it's still an end to this great time that we've had. Yeah. And there was a moment... Um, being there live where and even re-listening to it and it's specifically when Griff says that the belts chime to indicate that their time there is almost up and I remember just having this little like bittersweet pain in your heart Mm -hmm. where you're like oh yeah we're almost done and Mm -hmm. I remember sitting there live and feeling it and it always feels too short when it's over it does yeah and that was the moment I remember sitting in the theater and thinking that was where it kind of hit you that like oh yeah we're not 
we don't get to go back mm-hmm. to them next week. Like, we don't get to... It's going to be a while before we get to see these boys again. Right. And it made me think, I remember at the time, and we kind of talked about this in Nashville, where we were like, I wonder if they feel that way, too. And yeah. I can't imagine that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know whether they're going to release the, the the Adventure Zone Zone from Pod right, or not. Right. But Justin did mention that, you know, what, they, cause someone asked about the finale and picking the time for the finale and you know they said they had been discussing it but justin said you know i wasn't ready to stop playing taco i wasn't ready to leave him really right um and i and i don't know that they would ever have felt ready um and i think it was better if they left when they weren't ready i guess oh Um, yeah no because they're still yeah i talked about that too yeah leaving it in a good space yeah but I, i mean i think they absolutely feel that way i think if you uh, you know, if you kind of love love somebody, I mean, I think you can you can love fictional characters. Or Absolutely. Otherwise good God, I've been messing up in fandom for the last <laughs> right. billion years. Then what are any of us um, doing here? You know, does that kind of? But you have that sort of deep connection um, with these people, and, yeah. and you don't you want them to be around? But I don't know. I always think of um, the end of Labyrinth. Uh, Bingo! The, the, yeah, we're, we'll be here when you need us oh, for sure. Uh huh. Should you need us? Yeah. And then you just turn around from your mirror where Taco, Magnus, and Merle have been talking to you. And you turn around and they're all in the room. Anne has that in her reality because she owns I would say for Anne, that's real. Like, (laughs) that's actually there. Yeah, that's true. Taco is behind me. Uh, Merle and Magnus are still in transit from Seattle in a box somewhere. I'm not sure where yet. Oh, Um, fair. I just imagine the two of them on a boat. (laughs) Probably getting into hijinks, right? They are are 69ing it in a box right now, to be honest. Because it was the only way to get them to fit. That will do. Do it for us this week. Before we sign off, I do want to give a quick shout out to um, everybody we met at PodCon. If you're listening, I'm so excited that you're here and listening to us. If you got to go, if you didn't get to go, it was so much fun. It was so informative and happy and just, I don't know. It's so hard to put it into words all the feeling that you had there. I don't know if Anne, you might have a little bit yeah. more of a concise and nice way of yeah, saying I, it. Yeah, I think there was just this energy, I think, at PodCon of, of uh, loving things that other people make and loving making things yourself and, you know, trying to find a, a space where you can connect with other people about that, whether they're the creators themselves or whether they're, you know, other people like you, other peers. Um, and I, I think that the atmosphere was, was really positive and really upbeat. And, you know, I mean, conventions are always kind of like that, but I think PodCon was, was extra special. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, it's the only convention I've ever been to that ended with a massive sing-along to Smash Mouse All-Star. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was so perfect. It was. It sounds ridiculous, but it was surprisingly moving. It sounds perfect. <laughs> and it was, it was spontaneous. It just, everybody started singing. Um, That's uh, right. Like, they just other. played it to kind of play people out and everyone yeah. is singing along <laughs> we've got the puppets out and they're singing to everybody leaving and it was just I don't know it was that perfect ending kind of a situation so yeah. hopefully if you didn't get to go last year or this year and you have the means to next year absolutely now we're going to get you there and you still this week you still can buy one of the the digital the virtual attendance passes oh, on true. the podcon site which means you will have access to the content once it's uploaded to the site so awesome. um, i definitely recommend that if you if you would like to hear the stuff that you've missed out on otherwise i'm so mm-hmm. glad you girls got to go and i'm so glad you met uh people and got to discuss our show and i'm sure heard about all these other awesome shows i was during my weekend not with you guys i was getting uh notifications on our twitter 
And every time I just kind of gave a sage nod, like, they're doing it. That, that's yeah. the girls. That's the girls <laughs> pitching our show Science and doing cards, a damn fine job of best. it. <laughs> I'm so glad. I didn't get to meet any of you at PodCon, but I hope I get to meet you later. Regardless, you're listening to our show. I love you for it. And if you want to talk about how much you love these boys, what a great time you had at PodCon, what a great time you had at the Nashville show, feel free to get at us over on Twitter, at RomancingZone. And I do think next time is another date with our horny boys, so we'll catch you then. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we have been Romancing the Zone. Romancing the Zone.